the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. You know, like, like Shem and Japheth, I want to take steps to make sure. I, don't, I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I, I, don't, want it, I don't want it to be before uh, my eyes. Now, you, you think about Jesus and how Jesus treats us. Jesus treats us the same way that Shem and Japheth treated their father Noah. Jesus, Jesus not only covers our sins, he takes away our sins. Your sins and transgressions are not to be displayed to the public, but rather are to be forgiven and moved on from. Today, Pastor Dan talks about Noah's drunkenness after the flood and the actions his sons took after discovering him that way. Just like Noah, you have fallen short of God's glory. However, God has given you the opportunity to come back into fellowship with Him and to have your sins and transgressions covered and taken away by simply repenting and asking for forgiveness. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So anytime we sin, anytime we fall, anytime we blow it, just like Noah, Jesus is our advocate with the Father. He pleads our case. And oh yeah, by the way, He atoned for our sins through His shed blood. And so Jesus pleads the blood. He, he interposes His precious blood for our sins that he atoned for. And so when we sin, we can come back to God. We can be forgiven. We can be restored through Jesus Christ. Now, another thing that we should note about Noah's fall here is, is when it happened. When it happened. And I think this is important. Noah had just come through the biggest trial of his life, and Noah came through it victoriously. Noah obeyed God. Noah built that ark for the saving of himself and his family and all the animals. Noah didn't falter in his obedience. He didn't falter in his obedience during the building of the ark for many, many years while he was building the ark. Noah was faithful to God. He didn't falter during the flood when he was on that boat with all those animals and with his family stuck on that boat for a year. And he didn't sin then. He didn't get drunk and pass out then. When did he fall? He fell 
after the trial was over. Noah fell after the trial was over when he was back on dry land and life had returned back to normal and he's got a farm going now and a few years have gone by. You know, often we are most vulnerable to a fall during times of ease, during times of rest, during times of idleness, during times of normalcy. Not not when we're in the trial, you know, not when we're when we're in it, because we man, that that's when we're praying, that's when we're seeking the Lord, that's when we're you know in the Word, that's when we're we're serious about our, our relationship with Christ. But it's when we let our guard down. We take our foot off the gas. Quite often that's when we fall. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, Be alert, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, Satan is like a, a lion waiting patiently until we let our guard down and then he pounces on us. And, and it's, it's often, it's not in the storm, it's not in the trial, it's, it's during the times of peace, it's during the times of calm, that we get careless and we fall. That's what happened to Noah. Now verse 21 is the first mention of wine in the Bible. It's also the first mention of drunkenness in the Bible. It's interesting those two are mentioned at the same time. The Bible has many warnings about the danger of alcohol and the sin of drunkenness. Uh, Proverbs 20 verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 23 says, Who has woe, who has sorrow, who has contentions, who has complaints, who has wounds without cause, who has redness of eyes, those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine or mixed drinks. The idea is drunkenness causes uh, just so much unnecessary trouble and heartache. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it tells us not to be drunk with wine, not to be filled with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, not the influence of alcohol. Noah here, he gets drunk. This godly man who was just and perfect in his generation, who walked with God, he gets drunk and he ends up humiliating himself. He ends up in a humiliating situation. And watch what happens in verse 22 now. Verse 22, And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and he went and told his two brothers, Outside, but Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it on both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. And so Noah awoke from his his wine and he, he knew what his younger son had done to him. So Noah's son Ham saw the nakedness of his father. Noah's passed out in the tent. Uh, And so Ham apparently goes into Noah's tent and when he goes in, he discovers his father passed out. And so what did Ham do in that moment? Well, Ham ran and told his two brothers. About his father, about their father, 
about their dad's condition. And when it says here that Ham told his two brothers, it it means to tell with delight or to tell with glee. Ham runs out, you know, Shem, Japheth, you're never going to believe this. Come see. Come check out our old man. Look, come see what he's like. He's passed out. Ham delighted in telling about his dad's sin. He delighted in telling his brothers about his father's condition. He enjoyed mocking and humiliating his father to his brothers. Now, the brothers, on the other hand, what they did is they, they, they heard about, they heard what Ham said, and, and they took a garment, they took a blanket of some kind, and, and if you try to picture this in your mind, they, they laid it on their shoulders, and they, you know, they walked in backward into the tent, and they, they covered their father's nakedness, and it says they, you know, they were careful to turn their faces away so that they did not see their father's Nakedness. And so you have the sons, they have two different responses to their father's condition. Ham immediately went to tell others about his father and, and wanted to humiliate his father even more than he already was. Shem and Japheth, they did everything they could to cover their father's sins. And they made sure they did not see it for themselves. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you respond to someone else's sins? How do you respond to someone else's sins? Are you like Ham and and you delight in telling others about someone else's failure or someone else's embarrassment? Gossiping. Hey, did you hear about so and so? You hear what happened to him? You hear what's going on with that person? Do you, do you enjoy talking about someone else's failure? Someone else's uh, shame? Kicking them while, while they're down? Do you delight in hearing? Maybe you're not a teller, maybe you're here. Do you like delight in hearing about someone else's failure? Or, or reading about it? Online or watching a video of it on YouTube. You know, we we live in a culture today that delights in exploiting and exposing people's failure. People will take their phone out and film it instead of stepping in and helping them. That's the world we live in today. We, we, we exploit people's failure. It goes viral. It can, and it can be one failure. You, you can have a person who, who, has, who, who is just perfect in his generation, walking with God, does everything right. And they've got one failure. And it goes viral. And everybody watches it. And everybody shares it. 
And, 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 we, and, we, and you know this. We live in a cancel culture, right? You got that one failure, you're out. It doesn't matter how good your life has been before that or what you've done right or how long you've done it for. Man, one embarrassment, you're out. That's the culture we live in today. We live in a culture that delights in exploiting and exposing people's failure publicly. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, Shem and Japheth, they showed love for their father. Proverbs 10, 12 says, love covers sins. Shem, Shem and Japheth, they, they covered their father's sins. Proverbs 17, 9 says, he who covers a transgression seeks love. We're followers of Christ, right? We are, we are to be known by our love, right, for one another. Well, he who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates friends, causes division. Now, love does not condone sin, but love doesn't expose sin either. Love covers sins. Our task as followers of Jesus Christ is is to help that person and sin and and restore them and cover their sin out of love for them, not expose them. Galatians 6.1 says, If another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. If another believer is overcome by a sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And then it says, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. We're all capable of falling. You know, but for the grace of God, go I, right? That I, I, I could be the person that has fallen. And so I should gently and humbly help them get back on the right path. Considering myself, because I, I could be in that position. This is, this, is what we're, this is what we're called to do as followers of Christ. I'm, I'm no better than that person. I'm just as capable of that sin or that failure. And I, I love here that, that Shem and Japheth, they, they not only covered Noah's nakedness, but, but they were careful. I love this. They were careful to keep themselves from seeing it. Right? They didn't just walk into the tent and cover his nakedness. You know, they're, they're looking away. They're backing in. 
they're being careful not to see it themselves. They're, they're taking steps to prevent themselves from seeing it. You know, in the psalm, Psalm 101, it says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. And I, I'm, you know, like, like Shem and Japheth, I want to take steps to make sure. I, don't, I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want it. I don't want it to be before uh, my eyes. Now, you, you think about Jesus and how Jesus treats us. Jesus treats us the same way that Shem and Japheth treated their father Noah. Jesus, Jesus not only covers our sins, he takes away our sins. Right. And he remembers our sins no more. It's just as if we've never sinned in his in his sight. Right. He sees us as blameless, the Bible says. So now again, verse 24, Noah sobers up. And he knows what his younger son, Ham, had done to him. We're not told how he, how he knew that or how he figured it out. Maybe he asked the, the other, other sons or something. And then he said, uh, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his Brethren, now beginning in verses 25, 26 and 27, these are the only words of Noah that are recorded in the Bible. It's kind of a strange thing that Noah says here. I mean, Ham is the one who sinned against Noah. So why does Noah declare a curse on Ham's son, Canaan? There's several uh, there's several different uh, interpretations of these verses, but it seems like Noah is declaring a, a prophetic word over each of his sons in these verses, much like Jacob does in Genesis chapter 49 at the end of his life, where he declares just a prophetic word about their destiny of each son. It seems here that Noah is doing that. Canaan will be cursed and will be a servant of servants to his brethren. This is the destiny of Canaan. And we know from history, we know from the rest of the Old Testament, that the descendants of Canaan, the Canaanites, became very wicked, very perverse and immoral, even sacrificing their own children. Uh, God warned the children of Israel when they went into the promised land to have nothing to do with the Canaanites uh, and and don't have anything to do with their way of life. Uh, And we know from history that the Canaanites, the descendants of Canaan, uh, that they were conquered and they were ultimately destroyed as a people by the Romans in about 146 B.C. Uh, So this is fulfilled through the Canaanites. There's no Canaanites in the world uh, today. So so Noah, it seems here, is just speaking prophetically about the the future of his descendants and his sons and their families in the future. Now, it's it's something that you need to know about verse 25 uh, is that in our country's history, from the very beginning of our nation, all the way up until about the 1960s and even into the 1970s, there was a, a horrible false doctrine, horrible, that was widely accepted in our country that was based on verse 25. And it was known as the, uh, the curse of Ham. And some of you are looking at your Bible and saying, well, it says, curse be Canaan. I know. It was a false doctrine that was known as the curse of Ham, uh, widely accepted in churches 
in our country. Uh, especially churches in the South. And this verse was used as a justification for slavery and then later on for segregation. That the descendants of Ham were destined by God to be servants or to be slaves. And the descendants of Ham settled in Africa. They were Africans. And so in our country, especially in the American South, but it was, it was beyond the South, in churches they taught that this, this is the biblical justification for slavery of black people and of segregation. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., for example, preached against the curse of Ham. Mark Twain, in some of his books, he, he mentions the curse of Ham. It was widely accepted. It was widely believed that slavery was the, get this, it was taught that slavery was the fulfillment of this prophecy. And so, and so for uh, people to be against slavery, it was taught you're going against the word of God. Just a, a horrible, horrible false teaching that harmed a lot of people in our country. Uh, the, the, and again, this went into the 1960s. The Mormon church didn't abandon this doctrine, this false doctrine, until 1978. Uh, and that's why in the Mormon church, black men were not allowed to serve as priests until the late 1970s because of the curse of Ham that was a false teaching based on verse 25. You know, just horrible, blasphemous teaching that shows you just the danger of false teaching and the importance of rightly dividing the word of truth because this, this was influential in the church for a long time in our country and it was just a shameful perversion of the word of God. So let's finish up here, verse 26. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. So notice that Noah blesses the Lord, blesses Yahweh, the God of Shem. Abraham will come from Shem, the, the Semitic people. The Hebrews will come from Shem. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, will come from Shem. May God enlarge Japheth, and notice, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Now, verse 27 is an interesting verse. Uh, many, many believe uh, the he there, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, that the he is referring to God. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he, God, dwell in the tents of Shem. May God dwell in the tents of the Shemites. Well, God did dwell in the tents of the Shemites. God came as a man in the person of Jesus Christ, and he dwelt among the Hebrews, the descendants of Shem, in the land of Israel. So the word became flesh, dwelt among us in the tents of Shem. Verse 28, and Noah lived after the flood 350 years, and so all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There will be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis. So be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.